Ever since the first episode, season one of Lost, I saw something different about John. And season five is bringing John into the fullness of the person, quote unquote, that he was always intended to be. John's problem in life has always been this, a lack of confidence because of his absentee father and a lack of trust because of the way that that absentee father uh, played him when he finally got back in contact with him. Because of John Locke possessing this type of insecurity, any time he has ever confronted a male who was willing to give him the time of day, and even more so, any male who was willing to see John's strengths and laud him for those strengths to give him any smidget of encouragement, John was always able to be manipulated, to typically to doing things that were against his own best interests. Basically, John Locke replayed the abuse that his father enacted on him time and time again with various men subsequent to uh, the fallout with his dad, pun intended, because his dad pushed him out of a uh, stories high window. And this is how he originally got into the wheelchair. What's so special about John is that when he came to the island, he was a different person, quite literally, because once a, you know, paralyzed man, he can walk now. And this always triggered a sense of mystique about John, because he knew, even if everyone else didn't know initially, that he did not have the ability to walk. And this would be similar to you having your deepest desire fulfilled if you so happen to have found yourself on a mysterious island one day as a result of a plane crash. The man who has been able to manipulate John in the, the highest, the, the most uh, heinous way is Ben. Ben is, let's just say, the the head guy on the island, as it were. But I use that in scare quotes because Ben is the kind of guy who turns into whatever you need so that he can get whatever he needs. His relationship with John has uh, ended. His relationship with John in season five is coming to a head, better said. Ben and John have changed, have, have exchanged energy where John used to constantly come to Ben and ask him for his wisdom and direction and what do I do here and how do I say this to these people. Now Ben is the one who is a little thirstier than John. And the reason he is is because the Oceanic Six, when they went back to the, quote, real world in real time, uh, Ben killed. He killed John. And it's really sad because John had literally come 
pun intended, to the end of his rope, so much so that after he gotten himself into yet another uh, situation, he found himself in John's hospital. And what tipped him over the edge? The fact that John rejected his plea to go back to the island. Ever since season four, um, there has been uh, the desire for this group to go back to the island. And, you know, there are different theories that every character comes up with why they want to reject or why they are willing to go. But ultimately, Jack, he is one of the more resistant because even though it seemed as though, you know, John was going to, or yeah, wait a minute, guys, Jack <laughs> was going to be able to uh, easily get himself back to the island. And it seemed like he had, you know, come to some resolution about that. He actually uh, didn't because when he failed to do that, he just went back to his normal, you know, everyday routine around the hospital. And, and when John ended up there after a car crash because of the drama of season five, him being rejected by John uh, made him want to end things. John is a man who is extremely emotionally vulnerable. Even when he is being betrayed by someone over and over again, there is a very naivety about John Locke that makes it very easy for a manipulator to work his magic. Now, that day has run dry. You know, the well is dry on Ben's ability to uh, play on John's emotions. But if you are a man or even a woman, but usually a man, if you're a man who knows more than him or there's some mystery that he has yet to put his hands on, you stand in a position to manipulate so I think that even though there was never any preaching in this direction I think that that stands as a really good lesson for all of us that you know just because a person may know a little more you know does not mean that they get to commandeer your life in any area uh, John is now on pursuit because now he knows his purpose he didn't know his purpose before he attempted to hang himself after Jack rejected his plea to go back to the island. Ben ended up catching up with John and he needed to pump him for information. And he got the information that he needed from John. But because that information was information that he could not use to continue to control John, he killed him. He ended up... Um, strangling him and then setting it up in the hospital room as if John had successfully hung himself. He propped him up like a test dummy and, you know, put him back on the ceiling with the rope around his neck and all of that. And it was more of a cord, not a rope. Nevertheless, Ben is on a mission to get back to the island. He and he does. Uh, the others, the Oceanic Six, they also go back to the island in their own specific ways, but they all end up going back. Ben, when he goes back, he has a very startling surprise. That surprise is that John Locke is back on the island. 
this is unexpected. You know, Ben understands the island or so he thinks so. But even this is outside of the purview of what Ben has ever experienced in his life. Now, the island, I said earlier that the island uh, is about or this season is about shifts. And this island has made itself known in the way that it treats time. So Sawyer and crew who are still there, even after the Oceanic Six leave, they're experiencing a very difficult time navigating around the island because the island continues to, quote, shift. And and those shifts either hurtle them through time in the past or hurtle them into time in the future but typically it's the past where they're literally able to see themselves do things they already did in the past or folks that are dead have you know reinserted into time space or something guys and they are able to either get in there and you know have different conflicts with them or they eventually wise up and see that, you know what, maybe I need to just like not get myself killed simply because I know in a few minutes this island is going to shift. The show does the ultimate shift to seat us comfortably in season five. And the ultimate uh, shift it does is once the Oceanic Six is back on the island, uh, not even before. Even before they get back on the island, when when Sawyer realizes that, you know what, whatever our little ragtag bunch has been attempting to do, um, we are being shifted to the point where we have to settle. They were shifted back into Dharma days, Dharma days from the time where the crew got to the island, the present day, quote unquote, Dharma was there in the 70s. So Sawyer and crew were shifted back into the 70s and this shift feels like you know a shift that you're gonna be in in a while and Sawyer was right and so he and Juliet and um Miles they and also Jen yes guys Jen is alive of course he's alive the explosion from the boat didn't kill him it just you know blew him into the ocean and he was eventually rescued and um, found to be very much so alive. Uh, and because Sawyer and crew go back to Dharma days, they have to meld into the society. And Dharma days were such that they would constantly get, let's just say, shipments of volunteers who would come on a regular basis to work on the dharma initiative and so sawyer they they allowed that process to happen to them they were given these you know janitorial looking jumpers with their names stitched on them and they had a house where they lived and they had jobs assigned to them and they worked those jobs and gained the trust of the heads of the dharma initiative so much that they were quote one of them Three years after Sawyer and crew are there, do Jack and Kate show up? Now, this is a problem for Sawyer because on one hand, he misses Kate because he's in love with Kate. But on the other hand, Juliet and him are having a very convenient relationship. They are having one of those last women on the 
earth type of relationships, which always interest me because the insecurity of their relationship has got to be off of the Richter scale. And it was because as soon as Juliet saw that Kate was back, you could see the shift in the way that she treated Sawyer and acted around Sawyer because she knew that her bubble had burst and she knew that it would never come back because you can't beat Kate. Juliet, for me, never became one of them. Them. Who is them? Them is the group that crashed initially and not even all of the crew that crashed initially is them for me. guys. Is Jack, Saheed, Sawyer, John Locke. I'm missing somebody. Kate. Um, that's five, six. Charlie, Claire, Hurley. How could I skip Hurley? Okay, so those eight, and I may be missing a, a person or two, but those are, you know, the crew. Juliet was very much so an outsider, which I still don't trust, simply because she lived on the Dharma Collective. She actually remembers the house that she used to live in when she lived there. Baby, you know some inside secrets that you have still yet to come off of. You have not told anybody that yet. And therefore, Juliet, I have always had to sleep with one eye open when I watched this show with her. And um, that's not going to stop regardless of her eventual end. And yes, she does end. Um, nevertheless, this island shifts time because Daniel Faraday, the young brunette guy who um, helicoptered in one day on this very mysterious mission, he was so intelligent that his mother took that intelligence and manipulated him into being a just a complete egghead for his entire life and interfered in his relationships, you know, uh, beat up on his self-esteem so that she could keep him within her grips. And the result of that is that Daniel Faraday became an extremely intelligent person to the degree that he was able to harness that intelligence and learn how to manipulate time. He was, he learned how to do that. And because he did that, um, that's the reason why the island can do the things that it's doing now. But unfortunately, just like with all mad scientist projects, uh, it's almost impossible to understand the real implications. It's almost impossible to follow the chain of result. You know, what's going to happen as a result of you having this bright idea to manipulate time? Because of that, uh, Faraday was able to continue to go back to the island and warn them about things that they needed to do. And the one thing that they needed to do was to... Um, build a hatch because this hatch was the only way that they could insulate all of the radiation that was released as a result of the Dharma Initiative's drilling practices. They were drilling and they were getting too close to the dangerous stuff. And he knew that in order to protect everybody, they had to build this hatch and they had to build this hatch and they had to then have to push the button. Remember the button? Every 108 minutes to keep this energy at bay. Unfortunately, Desmond, who was originally down in the hatch that the group discovered, um, he's a human being. 
And I mean, every 108 minutes and you by yourself. Can you imagine that? I mean, as soon as somebody says, oh, you can't have this, that's what exactly you want. Right. So I would think that after every 108 or let's just say 108 minutes, how the hell do you sleep? You know, I mean, it would seem that as soon as you knew that was your mission, you would get you would be sleepy at all times and you sleeping one minute past is going to be a problem now I'm not going to say Desmond was asleep but something he did was more than 108 minutes because when that 108 minutes expired that is when flight 815 came out of the sky and that is when Jack and crew landed on the island and the releasing of all of this energy is why the crew is where it is today and in the debacles that it is in today. Another factor that Faraday had to have these people understand is that they needed to, because they had built a nuke. Yes, Faraday built a nuke because he decided that he was going to, I guess, baby, he was going to destroy the entire island, whatever the case may be. I don't know what got him to walk that decision back, but he, he, had the islanders bury this hydrogen bomb very deep into the earth so that it wouldn't be detonated and etc etc now because of the way that time works on this island all season long people were able to see themselves do things previously the crew was able to see folks that they've had issues with while on the island in either their infancy or their childhood. Faraday was dating Charlotte. He was able to see Charlotte when she was a little bitty child and she ended up dying of radiation poisoning. However, before she died, she told him, you know, I don't, you know, I, I I remember somebody talking to me and telling me, you know, that I was going to die and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, I don't know what you mean. And she was like, um, it was you. And he was like, I don't know what you're saying. And at first I thought, damn, how stupid can Faraday be? But I realized that he was being super coy because he never could let on that when she was about five or six, he rolled up on her at the Dharma Initiative and told her no matter what, get on the submarine. The submarine was the mode of transportation. Anytime a grouping of recruits came to the island, they always came via submarine. Please do not ask me why they subbed into the damn island, but they did. So he told her, look, when you get a chance to get off the island, get off. And they did. She went with her mom to England. And this is why she ended up being the Pippi Longstocking that she was because she was very anxious to go and explore the island where she was born. She was born on this island. And uh, so she is definitely um, a central figure in the history of the Dharma Initiative. Another central figure is obviously Ben. Um, Saeed did not want to come back to the island because he didn't want to have anything to do with... Um, you know, Ben anymore. Remember, Ben had Saeed one by one go and pick, kill everybody on his little kill list. And because, you know, he lied to Saeed and told him that you doing this is going to protect the people you love. Saeed is loyal to a fault. And he his loyalty means that he will kill for you, baby. Now, this is a friend that you need. You need Saeed in your life because Saeed is like, baby, why do we have to die? We don't have to die. Well, I'm going to kill them before they get a chance to kill us. And because of that, Saeed was willing to go and, and, and kill people and, and didn't have he didn't have any problem doing 
it. Now, Saeed was already kind of like, you know, Taliban-ish beforehand. So he really didn't have no problems killing. But it took a toll on him because Saeed really has a heart of goals. He really does. Now, he might kill you or whatever before he, you know, tell you how much he loves you. But he has a heart of gold. And he was just tired of Ben, you know, and he basically told Ben at the dock when, you know, they were trying to get everybody to go back. He was like, you you know what? I don't want any parts of this. And if I see you again, you did. You know, he didn't say it, but he said it's going to be very unpleasant, you know, because Saeed is a G and he doesn't kill you. He just makes you really unpleasant to death. And. Saeed ended up making his way back to the island because Saeed's his Achilles heel is a pretty woman <laughs> and a pretty woman rolled up on him at the bar one day and she spit that cold game at him until she was in the middle of Saeed's bed and she ended up you know strong arming him back to the island um so as he comes back to the island the Dharma the Dharma initiative has to uh lock him up because they have this treaty where the outsiders quote unquote are not supposed to break a treaty and that treaty means that they can't go beyond certain boundaries that the dharma initiative has set and they have agreed that if anybody is caught you know on the other side of that line that they would have to pay an ultimate price and so they have saeed in the jail cell so they can decide whether he's a defector or if he's an actual spy now, Sawyer and them have been living there for three years, and this is, you know, not a good situation for Sawyer because he's head of security and he's trusted. Yet, Saeed is his boy, so he's got, got to kind of like wink at Saeed and be like, hey, Saeed, uh, I'm going to torture you now and tell me the truth. You know, so he's he's walking a he's walking on, you know, both sides of the lines, as it were. And it's very tense and it's a struggle. And it's interesting to see Sawyer in this season because, number one, they call him LaFleur, baby. They He came up with the name James LaFleur. I think James is his name. But LaFleur, he's like always Creole. And he came up with it, baby. Don't ask me where he got LaFleur from. Okay. But everybody calls him LaFleur at the Dharma. And when they're not calling him LaFleur, Juliet's like, James, James this, James that. And I'm like, baby, that might be, I might be petty, but baby. This is why you were never part of the inner inners, baby, because he is not James. He is Sawyer. And I need you to call him Sawyer. And see, this is why you was never his main chick, because you don't even know his name. Now she knows his name. But my thing is, baby, if you wanted to take, you know, if you wanted to push that girl out of his heart, Kate out of his heart. Just you should have just called him Sawyer in his subconscious. You ever seen those videos where they're like, learn to speak Spanish while you're sleeping? She should have been like, Sawyer, 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 while he was asleep. And then when he woke up, he'd have been like, you know what? I love you and I have always loved you. So Saeed ends up being served, meaning his food and his rations to eat were served by Ben, baby Ben, y'all. Little kid Ben that was getting, you know, physically abused by his father, his drunk father, you know, baby Ben that you wanted to sympathize with, except you really couldn't because you realized that, oh, he's like freaking Hitler. So do you be nice to Hitler even when he a baby or something? So that became a theme where, you know, People were conflicted about how to treat Ben, but not Saeed. Mm -mm. 
As soon as Saeed knew that he had Ben in his back pocket because Ben was thirsty as hell to go to the other side because he wanted to escape his abusive dad. Saeed was like, yes, I'm going to take you with me. So the little boy came and he got him out. His dad was part of maintenance and he had a key to the damn jail cell. Yeah. Why would you give a drunk the key to the damn jail cell when his ass needs to go to the jail cell himself? So y'all going to throw him in there with the damn key in his pocket. So he springs him out of jail and they run and run and running and you can imagine that once they realize that Saeed is gone they go on a manhunt for him and they have little Ben he has little Ben and he running and as soon as they pass and it seems like they're gone you know Saeed's like okay we can come out now and being all hype because you know he 10 or 11 or 12 maybe about 12 he can make a sandwich so he about 11 and um Saeed is like yeah, you know, I, I, I am going to take you with me. And, you know, he ended up shooting uh, the little boy. And I'm like clapping like, yes, somebody gets it. You know, even though time really kind of does not work the way that Saeed is thinking it's going to work. I don't think uh, he ends up shooting baby Ben. And, you know, it, it's that moral dilemma. Right. Everybody has seen a debate in some way where there's always an opportunity where someone says, hey, killing babies is always wrong, right? And it's like, yeah, right, killing baby, yeah, always wrong to kill a baby. And um, and we're going to talk about outside the womb because there are other arguments about the other stuff, right? But outside the womb, yes, hands down 100% every time, wrong to kill babies. And then, you know, you get that clever person that says, okay, but what about if the baby was Hitler? And then it gets quiet because it's like, oh. So this is what I thought about when I looked at Saeed shooting Ben. I was like, yes, baby, clap, 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 clap. Because I do not like Ben. Baby Ben was okay. But Big Ben was like, uh-uh, I don't like Ben. So, okay. Saeed shoots him and um, it doesn't kill him. They discover him and they take him back. And again, the moral dilemmas ensue because Jack is the G. Jack isn't, I love Jack. He they was like, Jack, you gonna come save his life because he's bleeding. And Juliet, she was like a um a struggle doctor. You know, she said she took a few classes but didn't finish. And so she was never able to stop the bleeding of Ben's situation. Jack could have went in there and did it, you know, with one eye closed and just pinched it and it would have been done. But he was like, uh-uh, nope. I'm not doing it. And he stuck to his principles and he did not do it. So they ended the way that Ben ended up getting over to the other side as a let's just say the way that they that time treated Ben eventually going to the other side was that he was taken over there by Juliet and Kate who have, you know, these bleeding heart, literal bleeding hearts for Ben. And they take him over there because they feel like somebody over there can help him. And somebody over there could help him because they were able to stop the bleeding. And, and, and he was able to grow up with them because the original way that he was able to do all of that was because when he gave the signal, the outsiders came and killed every damn body in the Dharma Initiative, you know, dug a huge grave and threw them in it. So and it was also the first time that uh, that mass grave was the first time that uh, one of the first times that Ben attempted to kill John Locke because he shot him and he fell into the grave. But I guess the bullet, you know, didn't hit him and all of that. Um, Daniel Faraday, the, the, the brainiac who is responsible for all this time skipping, 
he ends up going back to the island uh, because his mom sends him. She's British and his dad is British. Turns out that his dad is actually Penny's dad. Yes, his dad is um, Whitmore. And we flash back and we see them as youngsters. But I found something that was very heartbreaking was that when he came back and he thought he was going to go all gung ho into the outsiders village and just be able to talk to them while holding a gun, you know, Um, and they interpreted that as a threat, rightfully so. And his mother killed him. His mom killed him. And I just thought that was terrible. And because of that and the guilt over that, you know, because she at the time was pregnant with him now please do not ask me how she killed him and she was pregnant with him don't ask me that but because of that she was able to uh extend a skeptical trust of jack and crew when they came back and decided that they were going to continue with what faraday wanted to have happen because nobody else in that village was going to give them an ear they wanted to kill jack and kate as well so Jack decides that he is going to be the guy who is going to go and detonate this nuke. Jack finds that it is his mission. He finally finds his quote unquote purpose. And his purpose is to go and detonate this bomb because he thinks that detonating this hydrogen bomb and killing everybody is going to bring everybody back to life. But it's not going to bring them back to life where they're still on the island. It's going to bring them back to life where everybody is going to be in their respective place in history. And it's going to be like they never met. Kate will be a fugitive in handcuffs. Jack will be, you know, sad as hell because his ex-wife left him. Saeed will be, you know, somewhere running from the Muslim motherhood. Um, And, uh, you know. Sawyer will be kind and women out of money. You know, he thinks that it is in everybody's best interest to just take them back to where it is. And he believes that this is going to fix everything because they are trapped back in 1975, six ish. And <laughs> they're from current day. So they can't persist this way for too much longer because their internal struggle is just beating them up so badly that I think that at this point, John was just so Jack was just so exhausted that death probably felt like more of a relief. It just so happened that it was very convenient that that death was attached to the prospect of going back to life such as it was as crummy as it was. Nobody's life was on a good path. But the fact that you have to go through all of this to realize, man, going to federal prison was better than coming to this island is something. John, when he comes back, he finds his mojo. He is the guy that's got all the confidence. And I, I love John's character simply because he's been very, when he's not being conned by somebody that wants to take advantage of him because he's so gullible at times, he's been very, very strong. I like the way that they write his character. And when he comes back, he, he is unwavering because Ben is off his complete game. Like he he doesn't even have a game. He he doesn't understand why John is back. And it he's afraid. You You fear, you know, Let's just say this. When you don't understand what's going on around you, fear can be something that can, you know, uh, incapacitate you. And I think that Ben is so used to thinking on his toes and thinking of his next, you know, um, 
his next manipulation that seeing John back in the flesh, walking around, touching, feeling, you know, being a corporeal thing. Um, ben was completely thwarted. He could not think himself out of this situation. John had it in him that he was going to, um, for once and for all, meet up with Ben. Who is Ben? Ben, the best way I can describe him is not Ben. I'm sorry, guys. Is it Ben? Mm -mm. John decides that he is going to confront Jacob. Jacob is a guy that is extremely mysterious and is purposely written so because they don't really go into detail about him. But everyone except Saeed. Now, I don't remember Saeed's crossing with Jacob, but he must have had one because everybody else did. But um, Jacob, he intersects with each one of our characters at various spots in their lives. So one day, Jack has been he's been embarrassed by his dad because he's in the middle of brain or spinal surgery. And he is nervous because he cut something that he shouldn't have cut and he can fix it. But he's freaking out and the dad's trying to get him to calm down and he forces Jack to, you know, listen to his dad and calm down and count to five and he does and then he does it and it's great but jack doesn't appreciate that because it kind of you know checks his manhood or whatever in front of his his underlings while he's doing surgery and he wants those people to think he is somebody he not so he is upset with his dad and he goes out to the vending machine to get a snack and that snack doesn't come out jack is upset beats up the machine it doesn't come out jacob strolls up and he hits the machine after Jack has sat down and, and been well over the fact that his candy bar is not going to come out. And Jacob gives him a helpful word or two. The way that he intersects with Kate is that Kate's little and she at the store. Kate is just a thief, baby. I don't know. Even if she gets with one of these folks, whoever she ends up with, when, how does she just stop stealing? Because Kate. She is about, I don't know, seven or eight. And she goes to this store and she steals a lunchbox and has her friend, uh, the friend she got killed, watch out for her. And she gets caught by the store owner and told to never come back. Ben swoops in and buys the lunchbox and tells her, hey, it's OK. Just don't do it. You know, don't do that again. And then Jacob meets all these people in these very mysterious, strange ways. Sawyer, he's sitting on the steps of the church where there was just a double funeral for his parents. And Jacob walks up to him and says a couple of lines. Hurley, he's ejected. He he is released from jail after Saeed sprung him out. Uh, he ended up getting caught because of the people Saeed killed. And they realize it and he's free now. But Jacob was in the cab. They shared a cab to Jacob's destination. So Jacob... My opinion is that Jacob is somebody like John. John Locke and Jacob are very similar. Similar because it seems like Jacob has been alive for a very long time. Lost, um, if you've ever seen Lost in season five, there's a huge, when I say huge statue, that doesn't even really describe it well. There's this big freaking thing that looks, that's, you know, has a person's body on the bottom, legs torso arms but has like this weird egyptian eagle looking thing as its head you know it's just very egyptian looking 
and they erect this thing. And Jacob's been there that long for that thing to get finished. And the magnitude of that just means that Jacob is a very just demigodish type of a figure. And because Ben is such a coward now for John Locke, John Locke decides that, hey, you're about to take me to go see Jacob. And when we get there, I'm going to kill Jacob. But I'm not actually going to kill him. I lied. You going to do it for me. So Ben is looking at him like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. But yes, I do, because I've been so thirsty to find out who Jacob is all this time. Ben has been getting all of his directives from Jacob. He gets, you know, correspondence uh, from Jacob just via, you know, written instruction all these years. And Ben being the sucker that he is, he has taken all of that information and he just he has just done it. For no questions asked. I mean, if John Locke was actually smart, as smart as I wish he was, he would see that he and Ben have the same vulnerability. And what is that? It's that they had crummy dads and they wanted purpose and they wanted to be important and they needed to have people hear them out. Except Ben took it and he decided that he was going to manipulate people into liking him. And it never worked for them to like him, but they always had to deal with Ben because Ben was always able to kind of stay a couple steps ahead of them. So they needed him. He he would have rather had the artificial needing than the real thing. So him and John had a very similar problem. So he takes him to where Jacob is, this cave or whatever, guys. So he goes into this cave and Jacob's there he's sitting there he's chilling and you know John walks up and he he's looking at don't ask me what it is I'm just gonna say he looks at some hieroglyphics on the wall and he's like oh it took me a long time to do that and you know John's looking at him like oh did it and then Ben starts his little dirge about you know um I'm offended by you because you know I've been waiting for you all this time and wait a minute you you mean to tell me you're actually going to listen to what John Locke has to say because he is you know saying he is going to do this thing and what about me I've been doing this for however long I've been here and you never gave me the time of day this is the first time I'm ever seeing you but he can just roll all up on you hard like this after a couple days of being back and you're just like what's up let's let's do business and Ben is like you know you got me effed up and he closes in enough that he can stab Jacob and my thing is Jacob if you this mysterious and you roll up on people and you don't age and you've been around since hieroglyphics how are you getting stabbed though so they show Jacob being injured from multiple stab wounds to the chest and he's on the ground and it doesn't necessarily show him dying, but the implication is there. And the camera pans in to John Locke's face. And you can very much see the transition of power go directly into uh, John Locke's hands. John decides that he has got to detonate this bomb. And as a result, they go and they get the little detonation thingy. Please don't ask me what it is because I don't even think they knew what it was, but they had it. And they took it into the very heart of the Dharma Initiative. Um, what did they call it? The Swan Site? And I think that's the site where the radiation was released and they were building the hatch and, you know, filling it in with concrete and all that kind of stuff. And so they had a, a mini battle where they had to shoot off the Dharma Collective and, um, you know, 
the various players there, the ones that needed to get killed got killed. Yeah, the ones that needed to die die died so that Jack and crew can get close enough to, um, I want to say a the hatch, the hatch. You know the the entrance of the hatch, which is like looking down into a well. So they all gather around it. Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and um, Juliet. And everybody's giving Jack the silent nod like, yes, for mankind or something like that. And he drops it down there and everybody's squinching their eyes real tight because, you know, you about to detonate a damn nuke. So it's going to hurt, isn't it? You know, and everybody's squeezing eyes tight and nothing freaking happens. Not at first. Then something does start happening. And it's that 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 common thing of the air suctioning thingy where things start to it's. Faraday warned Jack that he has got to get as close to the electromagnetism source. Baby, don't ask me what it is. But all these things begin to suction into this hole. And it ends up that Juliet is uh, catapulted over into this hole, too. And everybody's hanging on for dear life. She's got, you know, Sawyer's got one hand on her and he's like hey blondie don't leave me i love sawyer because even until the very end when you at your death baby he has got a nickname for you hey about to die don't leave me you know he's always got a nickname for you and i just think the inappropriateness of his nicknaming is probably the best feature about his his wit and so he's like don't leave me now prior to them getting to this point she had let him go and she told him look we can let Jack, because at first Sawyer tried to stop Jack. You know, he tried to beat him up, tried to strong arm him from detonating his bomb off. But Juliet was like, we need to do this. Even, yes, even if it means nobody knows everybody and we're back to our normal misery. Because you don't love me. And I knew you didn't love me when I saw how you looked at her. And my thing with Juliet was like, baby, you knew you was in a struggle relationship anyway. You knew you were in this highly convenient situation anyway. And it was no, no way in the world you was going to get old and gray with Sawyer. Because in the back of your mind, you never thought that he actually loved you. You just knew that you were the next best thing. And that man ain't going to die lonely or whatever on the dorm initiative. And you were the, the best thing that he had going. So, you know, fingers are slipping. I can't hold on. I can't hold on. The electromagnetism is probably pulling her belt buckle or something down. And, you know, he has to let go because she can't keep holding on. So she falls to the ground. It looks like Juliet is dead. But unfortunately, she didn't die on impact. Um, and she still got the detonation thingy. Yes, Juliet had. She doesn't have the detonation thingy, but it's in reach. And she's upset. Because she's like, oh, my God, I'm sitting here. I'm dying. I can feel this. This hurts really bad. And I'm really upset because, you know, I think that in Juliet's heart, she wanted to die on the dorm initiative, baby. She wanted to stay in her little fake relationship with Sawyer when she really has more chemistry with Jack. But anyway, um, she's upset at this detonation thing. And it's not the detonation thing. It's the reality that she can't have Sawyer, in my opinion. And she always like, I love you, Sawyer. And whenever she says, I love you, Sawyer, it feels like one of those things where it's like you have to say it back. You know how that is? Like you go to church and one of those old ladies roll up on you and be like, I love you. And you're like, 
oh, I love you too. You know, you feel like you are compelled to say it back. Sawyer never said it from his like loins when he said it to her. He always said it like directly from his head, like, oh shit, I better say this back. I shouldn't just be like, mm-hmm, or thank you. You know, his eyes was like, mm, thanks a bunch. But he had to say, I love you back. And so she's upset about this. She can't have her Sawyer and her fake relationship. So she starts to beat the detonation thingy beat it because she's upset with it and by the third strike everything goes white roll credits end of season so season six can i give some predictions because i want to wrap this up and see how wrong i am i'm okay with being wrong but i'm also even better with being right (laughs) so i'm gonna go character by character and give some predictions i am going to start with hurley They gave Hurley some love in like season two. And I'm talking about like a love interest, baby. He only got to sniff her shampoo. But I think that if they would have let her live, she might have let him hold her hand or something, you know. So I hope that maybe Hurley can have um, a lover, maybe. Or maybe he can become brothers, quote unquote, with Miles. Him and Miles have a very dysfunctional but sweet brotherhood because miles is very rude and he calls him idiot and dummy and stuff like that but you never take it that way it's just hurley it glances off hurley like off the back of a freaking whale it it doesn't stick to him and he just keeps talking and saying what he got to say because these two have a lot in common because they both have bad dads and miles is bitter and miles is his name miles yeah anyway he was bitter but because he was able to morph back 30 years to the Dharma initiative he was able to meet his dad his dad is that asian guy chinese guy who was on those creepy Dharma initiative videos that gave you instructions on how to hit the button every 108 minutes and so i'm hoping that maybe these two can be roommates or something and be cool with each other you know because uh hurley he won millions as a result of the lottery they probably will never allow him to do that but i hope that if he goes back to regular world that he'll be able to win the lottery and keep his money and maybe his dad will kick rocks because i feel like you know what even though he's glad he's got his dad back in his life what dad is not gonna come back in your life when you have hundreds of millions of dollars and tell me i always did love you son i mean come on give me a break juliet juliet she um had a cure as it were for her sister hopefully she'll be able to go back and cure her sister of her uh cancer because her sister had a child if i'm not mistaken and maybe she can go back and do that or maybe julia can get a man that is not sawyer like gosh leave him alone and jack because i don't like juliet um saeed saeed i hope gets to retire from killing and i hope they give him a lover i hope that maybe he can you know somehow rescue his wife from being killed you know so that he can live a fulfilling life everything he did was in dedication to her it's somehow some way like some 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 way i'm contorting everything he did as a result of the love that he had for her and attempting to uh be loyal to her and you know figure out what happened to her and do the right thing by her so i hope they give sawyer excuse me saeed somebody who really loves him in real life and won't make him kill for them benjamin i hope dies okay so that's how i feel about ben um 
John Locke, I hope, gets to stay on the island simply because he's in this demigod position. Hopefully he'll get the time warp won't bother him, meaning he can stay on the island and be great there. Because if he goes back to life, his real life is the worst. I mean, he can't walk his low self-esteem. He ain't got no woman. You know, he I would like for John Locke to somehow be immovable like you just can't move john because if you move john then everything else will mess up something now that leaves our last three um that i care about because there are a lot of characters well i'm gonna say five i'm gonna do sun and, and jisoo jisoo uh Son is waiting for Jen because Jen came back and he's alive and she found out he was alive. He found out she was alive and that she came back and they're both looking for each other on this island. So I hope that they get to go back to uh, Korea and live a life where he ain't got to kill for her dad or something. Can her dad die before they get back or something? Something. Um, so I just hope they get to be together, you know with their child but again it's hard for me to even say these things because if they go back to the way life was before you know son didn't get pregnant or anything like that so i just hope they get to be together and happy yes so our last three season five they proffered as though kate actually was seriously in love with sawyer they really made that clear that that kate is bitterly in love with Sawyer they made it clear that Sawyer is in love with Kate now I always knew that he had a huge affection for her that he really did love her and and you know um and I think it's just gonna come down to the wire who Kate ends up with and who do I want Kate to end up with oh my god this is impossible you guys um who which ship do I want to sail you know I think that the only way this can work is for Sawyer to die. I think Sawyer has to die because that's the only way that John and Kate can make sense. On the other hand, if Sawyer and Kate get together, I just feel like it's going to kill John and I want John to live. So, but I do realize that if they go back and they're in life the way it should be, they won't know each other. So, you know, maybe serendipity will enable me to let go of that love triangle and accept whoever naturally meets her. But it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It will hurt. And there's really kind of no way around that. But this is a prediction and I need to be wrong in some way. And I guess this is the prediction that I guess I'm going to make. The only one that really matters that I make for this. Who will Kate end up with? Sawyer or John? I think that Kate is going to end up with John. And if you tune into season six, we will find out just how right or wrong I was. <laughs>